Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 78 for Tuesday, September 1st. Wow, August already come and gone. It's trade deadline day. It's over already where we are when we're recording this, but it was it was pretty eventful. There was a couple super, super active teams, and then other than that, just a lot of random small bits flying all over the place, which is you know pretty pretty normal as far as trade deadlines go in any other year. We're only a month into the season, so, you know, that's different. Uh, how are you doing, man? Are you, uh, you enjoying this, uh, this trade deadline day? Yeah, tra- trade deadline day was fun this year because you had teams that were in it, in, that are in playoff contention, whether by, uh, they actually are better this year and are in there, or because, it, you know, it's expanded playoffs so there's a lot of teams that are below 500 that are within you know two or three games of a potential wild card spot so yeah it was fun seeing uh maybe how teams thought and which teams wanted to go for it which teams uh sell sold yeah were you expecting the padres and the blue jays to be the most active buyers at the deadline i didn't expect that uh no i didn't, I didn't expect it either um maybe you could expect the padres with prellers Pereira's willing, willing to wheel and deal at times, but um, no, the the Blue Jays uh, uh, being big buyers was a, was a surprise. Yeah, they they needed pitching, plain and simple. Yeah. They had three starters coming into this, and they they fixed that problem. So we'll go through all the well, we're not going to go through all the trades. We're going to go through all the significant trades, all the all the big moves, and. And just kind of share what the the impacts are likely going to be, and we'll also talk about some stuff that didn't happen because that's always as interesting as when you hear rumors swirling. Uh, particularly, the Texas Rangers this year looked to be a big dealer and and didn't do a whole lot, so we'll talk about that as well. Um, and probably not much else today. It's going to be a very trade deadline centered podcast. Uh, maybe we'll do some other stuff later this week. So let's go ahead and start with the Padres because they are the team of 2020. It seems, mm-hmm. you know, so far it's it's been it's it's been half a half a shortened season. Uh, a lot can go a lot can go wrong for them going forward still. But yeah, they they made the biggest splash. They traded for Mike Clevenger, who is by far the best player who has traded uh, this deadline. And there's. Other layers of of drama, perhaps, because of the Indians' um, very recent discipline. Uh, They they claim it wasn't discipline, but um, disciplinary demotion of Mike Clevenger. And they claim it has nothing to do with the trade, which it shouldn't. But, of course, there's there's lots of drama swirling uh, surrounding that whole deal. So I'm just going to read it. It was Mike Clevenger and Greg Allen and a player to be named later from the Indians in exchange for Austin Hedges, um, was it, is it uh, Josh, Josh Naylor, Naylor, Cal Quantrill, Gabriel Arias, Joey Cantillo, and Owen Miller. So a lot of prospects in there, and then a few very okay major league players. Uh, they finally got rid of Austin Hedges, which is a big deal for the Padres, I'm sure. Yeah, it seems like a very decent haul but again you're trading for by far the best pitcher on the market and you wonder there, there might have been another team that could have put together a better package but that was the one that got it done 
who are the yeah. who are the non-Clevenger I mean, bits that stand out to you? Um, three top, you know, eleven prospects going the other way. I think that's what you're kind of mainly judging. Um, the Padres kind of unloaded some uh, depth in terms of like, you know, hedges. Oh, we'll get to the other couple trades that Padres traded for two catchers. So hedges was not good this year. They offloaded him. Naylor didn't really have anywhere to play. Didn't add much on either side of the ball. Cal Quantrill, he had he's had stretches and really good as a starter, but he was out of the bullpen a little bit this year, spot starting, so offloaded some uh, depth there. And then, but I mean, three solid prospects from a good farm system: uh, two infielders in Arias and uh, Owen Miller. Joey Cantu is a left-handed pitcher. Um, yeah, to get, like you said, the the best player. Uh, who went this deadline, probably the best player available at the deadline. Um, yeah, the Indians, whether or not it was motivated by, you know, what Clevenger did uh, with, like, the quarantine stuff, and I guess he made some weird, like, not necessarily doubling down comment, but, like, I guess there was rumors he was going to Cubs or White Sox, and he said something like, oh, I love it, Chicago, I guess, like, you know, tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek thing or whatever so weird clubhouse dynamic i think ended up being there so i mean solid trade for either side i think yeah clev clev seems like a san diego guy just when you look at him doesn't he it's probably just the hair that that does it more than anything else but um he was a guy that i liked before this whole coronavirus Mm -hmm. situation that maybe you know you see a few things that shed more light on on people as as they're out there more but you know does plenty of good he's things as well vocal. he's very yeah but he's very involved too he's vocal but he's, oh yeah yeah no doubt about that yeah he's i think i think it works out um for for him certainly to like get away from from that whole situation <laughs> maybe maybe it can be forgotten so uh so yeah there there's a lot to be said for what the Padres are doing in a year like this as they're all in year, you you know, a two month regular season with all kinds of other unusual parameters and and asterisks that will be tagged along with the season. But I guess that answers the question that I I asked since the very beginning is, is how seriously will teams treat this season versus any other season, uh, particularly like regarding the trade deadline and, and where, and where the value lies, like how much value is is tied to winning now, winning this season, which I, I don't want to dis, you know dis, uh, discredit what's going on, but it is almost like an exhibition of a season, really. It, it's not comparable to any other Major League season that we've had. And you know, the Padres made some moves that were certainly win now. This one doesn't have to be Mike Clevenger uh has um team control after this year so it it was a move for the future too um but it's interesting that this is the year for the Padres this is is what they feel is their best shot to go for it uh do you you have any thoughts about that just in the context of this year's playoffs and, and everything else that's going on it I mean it is certainly interesting like we talked about like 
I, I think the big thing this year is like rentals were not nearly as hot in terms of you know they're going to garner a major prospect or stuff like that because you're getting them only for a month in a weird season with a crapshoot playoff format. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, Clevenger, I I know he has years of control. I don't know. How He's many. actually not a free agent until 2023. So okay, he's yeah. entering his first year of arbitration next year. Okay, yeah. That's in Clevenger, plenty control. Um, you look at their other trade, you know, Nola has a lot of control. That's That was their main piece they got back. Um, Castro, Moreland, Rosenthal, I think those are all rentals, but, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, cornerstone pieces that, that they're looking for. So I, mean, I think a lot of it was, you know, if we can get a guy who can help us this year, great. But the the rental aspect was uh, that took a lot of value out of guys. I think. Yeah, definitely. It was it was very slow in the rental market. Uh, really inconsequential pieces moving mm-hmm. around. And I, I guess you, there's there's time at a later point to discuss how uh, how Mike Clevenger in his age thirty he's in his age twenty nine season turning thirty really soon. Um, is just entering arbitration at this age of his yeah. career and won't be a free agent until he's 33 years old. That's kind of shocking and upsetting. Uh, I'm sure there's more cases like that that will come about. So, you know, overall, really big win for the Padres, no matter how you crack it. Uh, they gave up some pieces. The Indians are always hurting for for hitting, it seems like. So mm-hmm. at least they've they've restocked there. Can't, can't seem to miss with a a pitcher prospect that they have so (laughs) you know they they figure we'll we'll take some hitter prospects and hope some of those pan out because we we got it down with the pitchers it seems at this point uh the Padre has also traded what seems like possibly more for a platoon catcher from the Mariners they traded for Austin Nola and Austin Adams and Dan Altavia yeah, those are two relievers. Random relief pitchers. Um, but, yeah, Austin Nola was, was having a good year. And I guess they, the Padres, thought he was the next big thing and decided, you know what, we want to <laughs> give this guy platoon at bats on our team. That's how much we like him. And we're going to give up our number five prospect. They gave it ta- Taylor Trammell, who is the center of their return in the Yasiel Puig, um, Trevor Bauer three-way trade last year that netted the Padres um, pretty much just Trammell in exchange for Fran Reyes. Yeah. Which was questionable at the time, and now, hey, you got Austin Nola, though. The great Austin Nola. And they traded away, so they traded away Trammell, you know, big prospect. uh, Luis Torrens, Andres Munoz, who is a hard-throwing reliever of theirs. Uh, I, I think he's injured right now, though, as well. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, I, think, I think he has Tommy John surgery. That's what it was. Oh yeah, that's a big injury, and uh, and Ty that. France, Ty France, who is another big uh, prospect for them last year, no longer a prospect. I think he's mm-hmm. played long enough at the no, big yeah. level he's, now. He's hitting well this year, though, hitting a uh, shade over three hundred. And how many plate appearances did MLB say? Yeah, he was having a decent year. I yeah. I guess really that just comes down to the Padres trusting Cronenworth enough to give him the spot full-time you're like here's our second baseman we got him yeah and that's it they they were like and we then, don't really have room for yeah. you, France sorry exactly 
So they did that. They traded for the other half of their platoon from the Angels for Jason Castro, uh, you know, kind of journeyman guy from Houston and, and Minnesota. Had a good year. Didn't really give up anything for him, but, you know, you spend all of this to get Austin Nola, and you're like, oh, we'll, 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 get, our, we'll get our lefty catcher too, though, and, and we'll throw him in there as well. Yeah, I imagine Nola. I imagine Nola will get a lot of playing time, though. Yes, yeah. especially because of the DH this year. So they got Castro. They got Mitch Moreland from the Red that, Sox. Yeah, which is weird because they already have Eric Hosmer. Uh, Mitch Moreland seems like Moreland's a likely candidate to just DH. Yeah. yeah. Well, every I I can't I don't think the Padres would have an everyday DH, but. They liked him. They're like, hey, this guy's swinging it pretty well. Let's let's take him. And they they did it for pretty much nothing, some low-level low prospects. And uh, Trevin, uh, Trevin, Trevor Rosenthal from the Royals is the last piece of the bullpen that they added. Um, and they traded... Uh, uh, Alfred Edward Olivares and a player to be named later. Olivares, yeah, Olivares did bit, play this year as well. Year. Yeah. He did. Um, so that's a decent player right there. The, the Royals in acquiring other teams' yeah. outfield prospects seems like a regular good, trend at this good point. Speed. Looks like a solid bat so far. Yeah. So yeah. the Padres are locked and loaded, ready to go, and they, they have some good teams to to overtake if they if they really have lofty yeah. expectations. Yeah, I, I will say outside of really Clevenger and you know, in terms of like the, the key pieces the Padres are taking some flyers on guys. You know, Nola's having, in a way, a breakout year, but, you know, still kind of a platoon catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, Castro's an older guy who has had some recent success. Mitch Moreland, he's always kind of been a solid bet, but he's uh, been much better this year. And Rosenthal having seemingly a career renaissance right now. Um, you know, back to actually closing and saving games. So we'll see if he can come to San Diego and, and continue that trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they have they have a lot of work to do. Like I said, um, just again with the way the playoffs work this year, they're they're twenty one and fifteen right now. They're they're five back in the Dodgers, who are still kind of difficult to reach by any by any measure by any team. Uh, but that is the second best record in the national league well second best win total i think the cubs have a better winning cubs percentage. are 20 and 14 yeah again just with how many games have been played it's it's not super straightforward so they they look like they can take on just about anybody at this point uh it'll be exciting to see uh, down the stretch let's stop talking about the padres i know it's so hard to do we didn't even mention fernando tatis's name for once I, I don't even know oh, I did now well, dang it now you did so there <sighs> well it wouldn't be complete without doing that let's talk about the Blue Jays and we're gonna go through this a little bit faster because there's it's all speculation there's nothing we can definitively say about any of these pitchers that they acquired because we just can't know until we see it pan out so Robbie Ray is probably the biggest one of of the mm-hmm. bunch who they got from the Diamondbacks in exchange for uh, Travis Bergen, a lefty reliever guy. <laughs> so, and and some cash going back the other way. It seems like the D-backs were just fed up with Robbie Ray. 
because yeah, he, he walks he leaves everybody. And walks just here. Yeah. My God, that was that was <laughs> one where he still. I mean, it's still a case where if he just figured out how to rein in the walk rate a little bit, the kind of strikeout upside he has could be a great pitcher. And well, that's, well, he, he's done well, it in in very short flashes, but it's never yeah. when Robbie Ray has had those flashes, he's honed in the walks a little bit, and he's been in a way effectively wild. He's still gonna walk a lot of guys, but he's basically walking everybody at this point, and not you know, mm-hmm. not getting strikeouts. Yeah, but I still love this for a team that if on if on the off chance they just figure something out that gets through to him and says, hey, if you just throw more inside the strike zone, like without, like if you know where the ball is going a little bit, you'll see much better results. That's yeah. big and, for them. And, and he, he's a rental, right? He's a free agent after this season. So, you know, like I said, you're giving up cash and uh, a reliever for a guy who could be your number two or number three if you do make the playoffs. Currently, they're the second walk. They're the last team in in the American League. But, I mean, the Blue Jays are, like we said, the Blue Jays are taking some flyers, essentially, just to see what they can do, but without giving up hardly anything. Yeah, and that's that's interesting, too. So, he, I guess he is the biggest rental, then, if he is, that, in fact, that, a free agent. Yeah. And... It's just a case of, hey, if we make it into the playoffs, we got this guy who nobody can seem to hit, but he also... Well, that's not true either. He, he gives up a lot. He has a very high whip just because he doesn't know where the ball is going. But he also gets a ton of whiffs. So they they figure, hey, if we can just kind of tweak this guy, get him right in, in the last month, we might we might have a, a horse to get us through the playoffs a little bit easier. So why, why wouldn't you, right? Mm-hmm. And let, let's do the other the other two pitchers that they got. They got Taiwan Walker. This was a few days ago from the Mariners for a player to be named later. And he's been very good for the Mariners. Yeah. Kind of having a resurgence. He's been just injury riddled his entire career. Uh, is not throwing very hard right now, which is was kind of like the concerning thing last year and coming into this year. But throwing harder than he was, he was he was really not looking back to form last year when he was not even really getting up to ninety miles an hour. But this year he's he's back in the low nineties and is throwing his, I think it's his curveball or it's his slider, whatever that pitch is, um, a lot more with with a lot more success. So Jerry Depoto is like, ooh, I I, I want to trade him. But like we we got this we got this really good guy, this this guy that we brought up actually and then uh, traded away. Like he he's looking pretty solid right now. Let's let's trade him away. So it, it didn't matter what they were trading for, really. They they said, you know, we'll we'll trade him away. We'll worry about what we get later. And <laughs> that's that's what happened. So they they also acquired Ross Stripling from the Dodgers for a couple of players to be named later. Uh, similar type of deal where Stripling just was overcrowded in his current environment yeah and is also a very streaky pitcher in general but he he also has bullpen experience so i i mean this works both ways if you know like i said they had three pitchers currently with ryu roark and um 
Chase Anderson, and then mm-hmm. they were throwing out Wilmer Font, and I don't know, I don't know who their fifth guy is at this point, but you yeah, know, you add Robbie Ray, add Tywan Walker, those are two starters. Ross Stripling can go both ways for you if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they lost Matt Shoemaker to injury this year, yeah. as well as Nate Pearson, who's the other person I when we were talking yes. earlier, I forgot about. But yeah, really, really big losses for the Blue Jays at least for this year. So they're like, we need somebody to do it, go out there and, and pitch, so we don't have to bullpen every game. And that's that's what they that's the best they could come out and come out with. All right, so oh, I guess I guess we'll talk about the the other stopgap position players they've acquired. They got Jonathan VR from the Marlins for for nothing, also for a player to be named later, just to fill in until Bichette's back. There's nothing more there really. And then Dan Vogelbach, they got for some cash from the Mariners who DFA'd him, also just kind of like, hey. You know you're you're a pretty good hitter sometimes. Let's let's take you, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, the Blue Jays lineup right now is that was supposed to be their strength. Minus Bobichet doesn't look nearly as good, uh, but now now all eyes turn to their pitching. Just like that in in a in a flash. So they have just like the Padres a lot of really good teams to to over. They're to, to in a much frog. tougher division yeah. than the than the Padres. They have they have the Rays and the Yankees up at the top, and then they've got to meddle with the Orioles and Red Sox, who, despite not being, okay, the Orioles are just like doing doing crazy something this year. They're fifteen and nineteen, the worst on paper team in baseball. Somehow, just not in last place in their division. And the Red Sox, who, even though they've been kicking it around at the bottom of the division right now, still have pretty terrifying presence in the, the middle of their lineup. And you have, you have to navigate carefully on an even day. So, tough division to be in. Uh, and, and arguably other stronger teams in other divisions as well. I th- The American League does look to be more stacked more more top yeah. heavy just as it always is gonna be fun it always seems to be that way the national league is very balanced throughout it seems you know you have mm-hmm. four contending teams every year in the central you have your nl west teams who are even even the lower down teams even your giants and this year the diamondbacks still put up per- formidable performances and then the, the east is also just a wacky mess with the marlins Somehow, still at 500 this year. So, the National League's going to look a lot more difficult to, to compete in than the American League. So, it makes a lot of sense why the Blue Jays would would invest. They're three games over 500 right now, which is definitely enough to do it at this point, uh, with eight teams from each league making it into the playoffs. All right, let's talk, let's talk Marlins. Let's talk the Starling Marte trade. Because he's mm-hmm. probably the second best player who was traded on this day, yeah. and was also really unexpected. The Diamondbacks got back Caleb Smith, Umberto Mejia, and Julio Frias. Caleb Smith is injured right now, but was one of those those Marlins pitchers who who have been. I don't know if you if you've ever seen like CBS. Uh, like fantasy baseball or, or any of that stuff, but they've they've been dubbed the Stallions, the the four, uh, no, four horsemen but, but I, of the Marlins rotation. His name, seen him pitch a little bit. I know he's, a, I know he's a. He's really good. He's yeah. he, when he's healthy. He's 
he's a dynamic lefty arm uh and yeah last year they got zach gallon who was one of the other stallions from the marlins and now they got caleb smith so they're just trying to get in, they they just need pablo lopez and uh sandy alcantara and that'll that'll complete their set of of the marlins promising young pitchers from last year anyway they, yeah. they have more now um so i do you know what the marlins are doing because i don't uh i i don't either uh starling Marte again a rental um he, you know him and robbie ray two rentals from the d-backs that they shipped starling Marte, like i said second best player to be dealt today probably the best um position player uh that was out there apparently out there but they said to mortgage you know a key piece of your future in cable smith and you know a couple other young arms for a rental in they said a weird season and you know and the marlins aren't like the padres i, I said this a little bit about about the padres uh when the trades happen is like they're kind of going for it and giving up some prospects to, and obviously too we mentioned earlier that the Padres aren't renting guys like this Marte deal is, but the Marlins aren't in the Padres situation and they're sort of doing the same thing, which is very weird to me. They traded VR for yeah nothing, um, yeah I don't know I don't know what the Marlins are doing. They still somehow better move than what the Rockies have done. Yeah, well, Caleb Smith is the really interesting piece here because mm -hmm. he is still pre-arbitration, even though he's kind of been around for a little bit now, um, and isn't the youngest guy either. He's also a 29-year-old who won't be a free agent until 2024, but you know, despite the injury history, has been has pr proven to be like pretty darn effective. Did have you know, not the best ERA not you know struggles here and there just with with whatever you have um but has still kind of has that upside so that's that's like a good piece to trade away that you mm -hmm. that or that they traded away for like you said just half your rental a month a month long rental a month, a month credit credit to d-backs they basically replaced robert robert ray with kayla smith yeah yeah, going that's true. Forward, going forward, that's a good that's a good way to think about it. Actually, I uh, I can see why they would do that. All right, let's stop talking about the Marlins because there's really not much to do there. We we should talk about the Rangers. They yeah. did trade Mike Miner. Your your ALS division winner. They can still do it. Right? I don't want to hear it. They can still do it. <laughs> they got two months. It's only been one month. So the Rangers did not trade. Lance Lynn, or Joey Gallo's name was also being thrown around mm -hmm. uh, in the last day or two. Some aggressive bids for him, I suppose, from the Padres and the, the Tampa Bay Rays and probably other teams too. Uh, but Lynn looked like a sure thing to be traded, and he didn't get traded. So I I don't know what's happening with the Rangers. You know, I I thought I I thought I I envisioned a very different season for the Rangers. So I'm I'm just gonna stop and pretend <laughs> to understand them. I'm going to just ask you again, what's actually happening here? Like, what am I missing? <laughs> I mean, I I think we're all asking the same question. Is, is what are we missing with, that the Rangers are doing? Um, Lance, 
Lance Lynn was, again, I guess word of the day is rental. Was he a rental? Um, yes. I, yeah, because... <laughs> I think so. I think so. So, yeah, Lance Lynn, he's a rental. He was probably only ever going to go to a contender, you know, given his age and the, and the win-now mentality. Like, you know, daughters are tied to him. Uh, you know, Yankees probably took a look at him with their pitching situation. And so maybe their asking price is too high. Maybe they wanted some top prospects. Um, and, you know, if you're talking to top teams that are really good right now, um, they're more likely to say, no, we're fine how we are. We'll take our chances. So maybe that was the case. Gallo, Gallo surprised me when I saw that his name was on the market because if the Rangers are trying to rebuild, which they thought they would do with the deadline, maybe Gallo would, Gallo would be, you know, one of the centerpieces of, of that lineup moving forward. Um, but yeah, just interesting that, you know, and then the one guy they did deal, Mike Miner, they got two players to be named later for him. I mean, I know he hasn't, he's hardly been good this year, but that's, that seemed like a, you know, same value as the Dodger got for Ross Stripling, uh, minor going to the A's. So yeah, just a weird trade deadline that the Rangers, they, they had all the chips to sell essentially, and they decided to keep them. Really? Yeah. They, they really did. And Lance Lynn actually is signed through next season as well. He signed okay. a three-year deal before last season. So there's there's a little bit more there. Okay. He yeah. is looking pretty thick, though, as of, as of late. There's, there's probably thick. Yeah. And uh, Joey Gallo also would have been under control through 20, or until mm-hmm. 2023. So that would have been interesting to see. I think the Rangers still have hope that their window can come sooner than later without having to do a full teardown which i don't really see the pathway to it as much anymore but they do have some like interesting young players still with guys like willie calhoun nick solak's been pretty good for them um you know not the most dynamic players that that they have to uh, mm-hmm. to lead the way but certainly a team that can contend with a pretty weak AL West, barring the Astros. Is that fair to say? I think it's probably one of the weaker divisions in baseball now. Yeah. yeah the A's, the A's, the A's, A's are very yeah. good. But the A's are yeah. also just kind of an anomaly in every the, way. The A's, the A's you never know going into a season. The Astros, on paper, are... The A's will have a different-looking team year after year, no matter what. Yeah. And that's difficult to project around when it comes to trying to time when your team should be trying to win. Cause, so you just have to kind of always factor the A's as being there. It's kind of like the Rays at this point because there's, mm-hmm. they have incredibly high turnover. You know, the Astros, you can look at their team and say, these are the guys that they have for the next so-and-so years. And that's that's how they're going to run it out there. Um, that's, that's not the case with some other teams um, like the A's. So there were a lot of other trades I, do we want to talk about were there any other just random ones that kind of like oh that got my attention like what else what else can happen from this uh the reds kind of got some uh pieces they traded uh for brian goodwin from the angels and they also got archie bradley from the reds 
or not from not from the Reds, the other Reds, uh, from the Diamondbacks. Mm. So, Diamondbacks also kind of sold off their relievers. Chapin went to the Cubs. Diamondbacks were a fire sale this year, and uh, Reds, I think they're they're three games under five hundred, but a game and a half out of the second wild card. They held on to Bauer, who who would have been a rental to, for teams, and yeah, uh, Reds kind of going for it in a way. Yeah, yeah, they are. They they look like they have the pieces, just haven't really had yeah. the season yet <laughs> that that you would expect. Them yeah, to they've have. been a little disappointing in terms of how they look on paper. Yeah, but some of their players, you know, Nick Castellanos has looked as like as good an acquisition as, as anybody. Um, and then Trevor Bauer, of course, has been that's, that's nails. Him and him and Sonny Gray have been have been great yeah. this year, and they still have Luis Castillo, who's maybe a little bit below expectation right now but still certainly a top the end rotation arm i i like the reds still i do the the new moves I, I too. you know relatively small moves it doesn't doesn't move the needle for me that much so do you see the weird scuffle they got into with the cubs the other day by the way just very no, random stuff yeah I don't, I don't know they they threw at one of the reds players and then there was a lot of arguing with the umpire that happened and then eventually they just decided to like let's empty out the benches even though we're not supposed to do this uh didn't didn't actually fight or anything they just they just kind of were were very upset with each other and it seemed like joey Votto and jesse winker both got ejected just for saying some stuff uh yeah we're just super unnecessary one of the (laughs) yeah i don't blame you because it was it was like there's no there's so little context behind it i think like kirk is sally you know the red's catcher for that day hit a home run i guess pitch didn't like it i guess they they threw at kirkus alley and then warnings were given and then you know people get upset and like hey what why was our team warned like we didn't do anything They're like oh, okay yeah that, that's not really the point of the warnings the warnings are just to ensure that nobody else is, is gonna get hit so yeah. I, I don't know it's, it's one of those weird things i just thought i'd bring that up uh it doesn't have really much to uh no. to relate to anything uh if we're doing like some side news uh mm-hmm. the a's will continue to have postponed games tuesday and wednesday i believe that's what i saw okay i, I saw that they for... don't have any new tests positive tests. i think now. it's to allow for uh more test results to finalize yeah as it has well to be as, three as well as consecutive days tracing. or three consecutive yeah. results let, let me confirm that because um hmm. yeah um yeah, it does look like they're postponed uh, for now. Hmm. Well, yeah, so if you didn't catch that, the A's are the most recent coronavirus uh, sus- suspended. Not suspended. I guess they're suspended. Suspended team. Um, and we'll just keep you updated on those as they keep rolling in because they don't seem to be stopping. Marco Gonzalez just threw a complete game against the Angels today. Gave up one run, but that's rare. And he struck out eight batters. Marco Gonzalez. My fantasy team enjoys that. Oh, well, that's cool. They, uh... I guess, yeah. So, some some non-trade deadline things happening today as well. Uh, I, I guess there were a couple a couple random trades that, that caught my attention. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't really think about this player ever. Um, one of those was uh, Brett Phillips. The Rays acquired Brett Phillips, mm-hmm. who 
was a top or maybe the best name to go in this trade deadline lucius fox Ooh, that is a good name yeah but brett phillips i remember back from when he was an astros prospect and he was traded to the brewers in in, in some deal i have free oh it was the uh, carlos gomez deal that the brewers got him and then he was traded to the royals in some other deal and never really did anything at the big league level but now he's with the rays and the rays make everybody good so that's interesting to see the um oh tommy Lestella, uh, the the beloved uh, oh yeah angels Arbo's not here to reclamation project yeah us. he got traded to the a's so sad day for, for angels fandom everywhere but it seemed seemed appropriate for the for the angels and, and what they're doing just there wasn't a whole lot of room for him and did they get anything back for him even i don't i don't remember Bretto. They oh, they did back. get yeah. I got Franklin Bretto. So another really speculative piece. The pride and joy of the Josh Donaldson trade. Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Some of these trades just bring back, bring back good memories. Kevin Pillar was traded to the Rockies for no reason. The Rockies have so many outfielders. They have an excess of outfielders, and instead they're gonna throw out a really replacement level Kevin Pillar, who maybe will make some cool diving catches out in Coors Field, and. I guess hits for good batting average. Yeah, but other than that, yeah. like they also traded what are you for doing? Michael Givens, the Orioles reliever, and so they're bringing him into Coors Field where relief pitchers go to die. So it's true. They they are they're probably one of the dumbest teams, one of the dumbest front offices in baseball. That's that's just my my take. There's there's you, other yeah, dumb teams. The Pirates the Pirates give them a run for their money for sure. The pirates are like maliciously dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I like that. I I, I think I'm Rockies gonna start. Are just normal dumb. I, I think I'm gonna start calling people maliciously dumb if I really want to <laughs> want to insult them. I like that. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that was just another one that caught my attention. Uh, and the Mets were buyers. They didn't buy yeah. much, but they they acquired Robinson Torinos and Todd Frazier and miguel castro like they're just random random people to yeah to try to rework their team because they had zero mojo they just gave up a five run lead to the yankees and, and ended up losing a game in the first game of that doubleheader and then the second game of the doubleheader gave up a grand slam uh in a tie game and i don't think it was extra innings it might have been the last inning of the game so you know that that's the Mets right there. They were fed up with what they had. They were like, you know what, we're not actually going to be contending. Like we're not actually going to be selling, but we are going to bring in some new guys to put everybody on notice because this that is just like unacceptable. I, it must be so frustrating to be the Mets right now. Like yeah, that that Yankees comeback was ridiculous. Edwin Diaz is cursed i tell you there's nothing that man can do to actually close out a game so and now 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 era and j-lo aren't gonna be buying the team yeah you think you think they're gonna buy a, a team with that kind of reputation no we we will keep acquiring todd frazier until morale approves that is the message yes todd frazier is a wonderful human being and we will bring him back to to make us win games even though he's not all that valuable anymore that's that's the Mets right there. So maybe that's maybe that's the biggest takeaway from the deadline is the Mets are fed up with with what they've got. 
Um, oh, yeah, Cameron Maven was also traded away from the Tigers for the third time in his oh, career. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, this man's getting abused. Well, the Cubs the Cubs have Cameron Maven now, so hopefully something... The, the Tigers have not wanted him three times. He, he's another good one. He's another one of the good ones. Uh, yeah, the Tigers, man. He, he, he's homered for the Tigers, I believe, in three decades. Three different decades now, because he homered for them this year. And then he homered for them... In his last play in the two thousands, yeah, he did. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check I'm gonna double check this because I, I want it to be, you know, correct. But that that is what I, that is what I was, um, at least under the impression of being the case. Um, yeah, so he he debuted debuted with the Tigers in two thousand seven, and hit one oh, home yeah. run for them. So that is a home run, and then he did it again in two thousand sixteen, when he was with the Tigers. He hit four homers that season and then 2020 he hit one home run with the tigers <laughs> that's <laughs> wow he's hit six career home runs for the tigers and has done and did it across three three different decades across a 14 year stretch that's something right there traded away three times wow Okay, that that is fun. That's a fun fact to end on, and I'm satisfied with that. So, unless do you have anything else to add before you before we wrap? Uh, no, that is a perfect ending. Okay, well, thank you everybody for for joining us today. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to rate and comment and subscribe to our podcast. Really appreciate it, and make sure you check out our website beattheshiftbaseball.com. It's got our podcasts and articles there. And if you're not already, follow us on social media at BeatTheShiftBP, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We do some posts there as well. It's Man Crush Monday today, so that's always fun. And yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody. One last time. As always, Ray. Peace.